Hello, welcome to Eat the Scroll, a podcast where we study the Bible while teaching people how to study the Bible so that they can read their Bible, not just as information, but as food for their soul. Recording with me again today is Mr. Matt Rao. What's up? Connect Pastor Mercy Hill Church, uh, Mrs. Monica Zink. Hello. Women's Director, Mercy Hill Church, and uh, podcast expert, Jess Miller. Hello. Also with us uh, recording here today, we are in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be looking at uh, four verses, verses 4 through 7. Matt, why don't you read it for us? What do you got, the NIV? I have the NIV, That's yes. all right. That's acceptable. It's the all original right. NIV. So it is we, the original we NIV, find that so it's, it's got the original language. So read verses 4 through 7 for us. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Awesome. Lord, help us to see wonderful things from your word. Amen. Amen. So let me just uh, start broadly. What do you guys see as we read that? What first jumps out at you? It's quite a It's quite a juicy, nice little... I don't know, few verses, but what do you guys what do you guys see? The command to rejoice, and that's how it's repeated. Again, he's emphasizing that he wants us to rejoice, and I think it's also worth noting that Paul was in prison at this point, and so coming from someone who is in prison, who's telling others to rejoice because he himself is so full of joy, that's just very um I mean admirable is a word that comes to mind, but it's very amazing, I guess, that anyone could have that attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's mentioned it several times throughout the book, but I, I don't know. that we've, I think we've talked about it some, but can we just talk about the fact, and maybe we shouldn't blow by this, is, like, is it okay for Paul to command us to rejoice? Like, isn't that like, like, couldn't I say, and obviously I'm being somewhat facetious here, but like, Paul, you don't know what's going on in my life. Don't tell me to rejoice. What would I think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, like, okay, that would not, be the kickback, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be the kickback. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, you know, I I oftentimes have talked about this verse when I was a chaplain at the nursing home, and yeah. you know, people are in a very um, uh, a state that they're not really happy to be in. Sometimes it's health, sometimes it's mental uh, mental health. Um, you know, not wanting to be away from a house that they lived in almost all their lives, and now they're in a facility. You know, and it, what it, 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 it out of the gate, rejoice in the Lord when always, always doesn't matter what situation you're in. Rejoice in the Lord always. So if you're going to obey, I think you have to believe that this is legit. That to rejoice is a choice. <laughs> um, yeah. That you really can choose it, even if you don't feel like it. And I think right there is definitely the rub for us, like just in the way that we. Mm-hmm. think is like you know kind of like our feelings as if they're like kind of ultimate um but we can choose to rejoice i guess just kind of the first implication and paul says it very emphatically what else you see yeah i going back to even chapter three it says paul says rejoice in the lord but he's writing and he says this is a safeguard to you i never really paid attention but to rejoice is our safeguard. It doesn't say rejoice for the things, but um, in prior podcasts, just looking at chapter two in that, we talked about the sovereignty of God. Are we rejoicing 
that even in spite of these circumstances, God is still sovereign over them, yeah. and it's it's safeguarding us. Yeah, Oof. yeah. I mean, it even even says rejoice who or what in the Lord, and not in our circumstances, not in, in the Lord Himself. So mm-hmm. that that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, it's very intentionally repetitious. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. And this has been something I, we haven't gone. I've just literally been too lazy to go back and count. Um, but how many times rejoice? And the word joy is mentioned in the book of Philippians, but it's a lot. Uh, if somebody wants to go back and and figure that out at some point, but it takes some intentionality. But yet, it can uh, it can be done. So that's kind of the first this overarching command here. What else? What else follows on the heels of that after this command to make the choice to rejoice? It says, "Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near." And I think that's a really interesting thing to say after telling people to rejoice, you know, like telling them to be gentle. I don't know. Yeah. Is that strange? Well, well, why does he, what do you think is, yeah, I mean, what is his flow of thought there? And I'm not, I think that, well, if you think about it, I think if you're, if you're not gentle or ESV says reasonable, which opposite of reasonable would be unreasonable or opposite of gentle would be not gentle or harsh. I suppose that if you don't have some level of joy, it's hard to be gentle. Like I, I guess if grumpy people would be non-gentle as well too. So yeah. I guess it kind of works together. Well, uh, gentleness that. also can be equated to humility and humbleness. Yeah. And when there are circumstances that come into our lives that are not very palatable, we tend, I mean, myself and we push back and we want to say why me what's going on what did i do wrong look lord what i've done for you da, 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 da. Mm. but it says you know the humility and allowing god allowing people to see yeah you can be sad about it and lament but realize the Lord is near. He's in this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, when I when I was reading this, the word that really came to my mind was almost like bringing a calmness. Uh, you know, and sometimes even in, in pastoral care, you know, sometimes you know, like if you feel the loss of a loved one, or a traumatic event, or something's happening, someone's in the hospital, or you're doing a funeral with the family, and you're sitting down with the family, and sometimes they just want that calmness. That's what they're looking for. And when you're carrying the Lord in you, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, and in those situations, you can bring a gentleness, a calmness to the situation that usually actually is kind of brings anxiety or, or brings like this <sighs> hyperness to whatever is going on. Yeah, it just kind of adds uh, gasoline to the fire. I, I think, too, one thing that I would want to say to be careful that there is a misconception when we say rejoice in the Lord always again to say rejoice that people put on themselves as believers and other believers put on others like if there's a loss or bad things really happen and there are things in our lives that we've not chosen but they've happened and they're bad, that we don't get the idea that Christians are like, 
okay, I'll just be happy in Jesus. Superficiality. Yeah, hundred. No, this is. Really I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is a much deeper thing. It's not just this. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. It's okay. No, it's not okay. I think there's a real room to lament and to worship. Yeah. Well, you think about Job, and yes. it's, which is probably the most extreme case that we see in the scriptures of uh, anyone other than Jesus going through a type of hardship where he chose to, you know, fall to the ground and say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Like, I think on some level, he was rejoicing there um, in every circumstance, circumstances that you wouldn't think that it was uh, possible to do so. Um, and to not, but I think there's something here where Paul is is helping us and, and uh, to to fight the things that want to bring us down. So, Monica, earlier you had mentioned, I believe you were meant referencing chapter 3, verse 1, mm-hmm. where Paul says, Finally, my brothers rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you, or I think safeguard. Sa- a safeguard for you. This is re- He's really trying to help us here. He's not saying, like, hey, just act this way because good Christians act this way. He He's tr- really trying to help us and give us some practical handles on how to fight um, anxiety and worry that come for us. So I find this extremely helpful because he goes on here in this flow of thought of rejoicing, letting our gentleness or, or reasonableness be known to all. And then verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, which is a big statement. Again, like, really? Anything? Yeah, don't be anxious about anything, but don't do that, but in everything. So don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That, that's a big one, or at least that's the one that jumps out to me. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So pour out your heart to God. When things are difficult, we go to prayer, but it's very easy when things are difficult to have our prayers just turn into whining, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but not doing that, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That's the, I think that's the key in that whole thing to fight anxiety with thanksgiving. So really practically, maybe you've heard people recommend this before, but if you, and it feels, oh, it, at least for me, I don't want to do it <laughs> at times, but like when you really have things that are pushing on you um, and stressing you out, if you will literally just make yourself take the time to get a piece of paper and write down what's stressing you out on one side and might be a couple major things and then flip the page over and just begin to, actually write down all the things that you're thankful for and all like that list always is over like just kind of overwhelms and floods out uh the side that you know where you've written down what's stressing you out you know but to fight that with thanksgiving i guess is part part of what he's part of what he's calling for here isn't it interesting though i mean this is for my own life but i think typically when people are anxious and downhearted in that, what book do they go to? They go to the Psalms. And the Psalms illustrates exactly when we don't know what to say, David pours out his heart. He's anxious. His enemies are after him. Or, you know, Lord, why have you left me? Why are the rich getting richer and the evil ones doing better and the ones who are righteous, they're not? But then he pours out his heart in worship and gratitude of who God is. So the Psalms actually give us an outline of this about being anxious, yeah. 
and then putting it to God's at the cross and then actually then starting to say who God is and what he does. And yeah, David exemplifies it for us yes. in, in a variety of of different of different ways. Yeah. I I else that's, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just uh I think that we're not as intentional as we should be in being thankful. I just don't I don't know that I'm sure it maybe does for some people, but I for me thankfulness does not come really natural. Um and I think that it is something that you can actually get better at. Um again, I'm in no way holding this up like this is a I don't know, a, a simple practical little thing that I've done but like in my in my notes app on my phone. I need to get back into it cuz full disclosure, I've not done this super recently, but last year I created a little category that was just called wins <laughs> and I tried to when something good would happen or like um uh yeah anything good at all in somebody's life that I'd be having a conversation with or just in my own life personally I would just make a note of it in here because I so easily forget them and I would just go back it from time to time and it was just one way that I was trying to like not necessarily apply this exact section but it it speaks to this and I would just have things to go back and I would just read them out loud um, you know, to uh, that I could give the Lord thanks for. And it's just, I, again, just a practical way that I think we have to, I think we have to learn how to fight well. You know, I think sometimes be, even the, when we're very big believers in God's sovereignty, again, going back to what might even be, as we've gone through this book, like one of the most central verses in this whole book that, uh, where is it, but back in chapter 2, um, verse 13, for uh, you know, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you to willing to act according to his good pleasure. I just think we're far too quick sometimes to um, say, well, God's sovereign. I guess he'll change it if he wants to and not actually also stand on that that big rock and also pick up our sword and fight by being thankful and not allowing the enemy to, to have a foothold in our lives. So. Yeah, this might be a bit of a leap, but... Go when, for you, it. when you said, you know, standing on the rock and fighting, it reminded me, uh, I just read in my in my Bible this morning about Abraham, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was someone who, I mean, you look in, um, you look at his life, you know, he, things were not going the way that he wished they would. He was old and barren and God made this incredible promise to him. He said, I'm going to bless you. Your descendants are going to be this great nation and, um, but then the things that continue to happen to Abraham, you know, right after Abraham answers this call from the Lord, he there's a famine and he has to flee to Egypt. He makes some really poor decisions there to lie and, you know, try and save his own skin. But anyways, the point in all that being, Abraham made those mistakes and he lied and he, um, you know, kind of got into trouble. And it's because he didn't remember God's promises to him. He didn't remember that in the moment that he was making those choices and making those mistakes. And I think in our lives, anytime that we are anxious, it is because on some level we've forgotten God's promises to us. We've forgotten what God has said about us, what is true about him. And we've also, we're not remembering in that moment who Jesus was and that, you know, every promise through Jesus, the Bible says is yes and amen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to um, make sure we don't miss this, but when he says there, verse six, do not be anxious about anything. Um, I think far and away, just like anxiety is 
an issue that is plaguing, uh, I, I don't know if majority is too strong of a word, but the majority of people's lives, including Christians, is like day in, day out, just anxiety, things that they are uh, worried about. And, um, you know, and this gets into a whole other conversation on, you know, uh, uh, kind of treating those types of things medically and stuff like that. And without wandering down um, all that path, one thing I would say is, is that the Bible does speak to it, and sometimes I wonder if we're too quick to brush by the actual instruction that it gives on it, meaning, like, I'm going to rejoice right now, even though I don't feel like it. I'm going to be thankful, um, even though I have a lot that, you know, is stressing me out as well, too. Um, Again, getting down to verse 7, again, I just think Paul was being very, just trying to give some very real pastoral advice here but he kind of finishes out the thought a little bit in verse 7 and if we do these things and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding so it's it's supernatural I think is what he's saying there the peace of God which is supernatural it surpasses all understanding it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and it's quite a a strong word picture of this idea of almost like personifying the peace of God as like a soldier that is standing guard around your heart and your mind. Now think about that for a second. That's the promise that he's giving us here, that that God's peace is going to stand guard around your heart and your mind. I mean, how many people would like that? <laughs> right? Yeah. But I don't think I don't think, technically speaking, that this is an unconditional promise. I think that the, he's giving some instruction here, and the condition is, yeah, it's all rooted in God's grace, but like we need to rejoice. When we don't feel like it, we need to remember that the Lord is at hand. We need to try to not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. And and sometimes, um, even just a real simple thing is like, and this is going to maybe sound overly simple, but I think it is true and may, I hope it's helpful on some level, is sometimes the anxiety just rolls around in our minds and we need to stop, and even if we don't have anybody to talk to, if we just stop and if we say what's going on in our mind out loud and we direct with our words what we know to be true. So instead of just letting the, the anxiety kind of run around in our heart and mind and letting that kind of rule and reign in our soul, if we'll just stop and with our mouths choose to say, Lord, here's what I'm thankful for. Thank you that you are near, that you're at hand. Thank you that you promised me your peace. Um, and I choose right now to rejoice in you and just getting it outside of us by just speaking it mm-hmm. really can be helpful. And again, I'm not trying to be weird with that in terms of like, as if it's some sort of like magic incantation that we say, but there is uh, at times a power in our words to, um, to direct our lives and speak out loud. What is, what is true. Well, it's interesting too, that, I mean, we've, I mean, scripture is you know continuous and it just supports each other but just at what you're saying um about rejoicing and choosing to speak out but in romans it talks about renewing our minds and don't conform to the world and i mean i suffer with anxiety you think about i mean all the possibilities and and things the things you worry about but again, it is not conforming and letting those things set. 
but then going to the Word of God and having other believers help you to say, look at what God's Word says and to renew your mind to to that and not just sink into um, the actual, maybe whatever circumstances or whatever. is. Sometimes anxiety is caused not even anything really bad happening. It's just yeah. the unknown. Like, it, what are my kids going to be like? Or sure. are they going to be saved? Or, you know, what about this? Or what about that? And just living in a fallen, broken world. Like, I think anxiety is just a, it just comes along with, uh, yeah, all of us being broken on some level, needing the Lord, uh, the Lord to restore us. What do you guys think about the little phrase there, um, which surpasses all understanding? It's a piece that surpasses. I was looking at that. I, I, I honestly, I, I thought of Proverbs three, five, and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make your path straight or direct your paths. And um, I think you know, sometimes it's just you know our understanding of what's going on a lot of times is what's giving us anxiety because we can't see the full picture. And sometimes we're trying to control things in our own understanding. And that's what brings anxiety. Um, you know, that, that to me is what it really kind of spoke to, but you know, it, it really is a trusting in the Lord in all of this yeah. and whatever the situation may be, you know, even for myself, I, I, uh, a number of years ago here, I had an accident and um, closest thing I can come to thinking about, really truly being having anxiety I, I i couldn't sleep for a while after the accident because every time i closed my eyes all i could see was the headlights i had gotten rear-ended by a, a truck in the middle of the night and uh all i remember on your way home from an um, elder's meeting, yeah right? at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and uh ended up with a broken sternum a broken foot and a bone chip in my back and um you know i i i was dealing with even like if my wife would stop at a stop sign i would be like highly anxious because because what happened is I stopped for a deer in the middle of the road and I was stopped when the truck hit me full bore. And so like, as long as I was going fast in the vehicle, I had no issues whatsoever. But as soon as the vehicle came to a standstill or slowing down, that's when I started like getting really antsy and I didn't even realize this at the time. But you know, um, I just remember one night I couldn't sleep on in my bed because I was on a recliner because my broken sternum was healing up. And I just prayed to the Lord. I just cried out to him. I just like, God, you got to do, you know, I, I, I'm just going to trust in you. And in that moment, something happened. And, and once again, I don't want to like say, oh, this is, this is going to happen to everybody because we all, every situation is different. I don't want to minimize anxiety because I, I, I was, you know, feeling it. And it, I mean, it brought me to tears at times. But for whatever reason, the Lord just took that away. I could go to sleep that night and I haven't had a nightmare since. Praise God. But mm. uh, I mean, it was it was ultimately just having to hand it to the Lord and saying, Okay, it's it's yours. Yeah. Well, and I and I know we didn't wander into these verses, but I think maybe we should the more I read this here. So we stopped reading in verse seven. But if you uh pick up verse eight there in chapter four, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Again, it, it's a it's a command that I think is kind of right in the flow of thought of what he's been talking about in like choosing to be thankful and presenting your request to God. Um, you know, with uh, I have a had a discipleship meeting yesterday with a guy, and we were talking about um, is it Second Corinthians ten where he talks about taking every thought captive 
and making it obedient to Christ. And I think that a lot of times Christians hear that verse and we just, before we even get done saying it, we're like, that's not possible. I, yeah, you can't do that. Take every thought captive. No, it, it doesn't mean that every thought's always going to be perfect. In fact, it implies that our thoughts aren't going to be perfect, but that we're not going to just let them run amok. We're going to, no, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. What are you doing in here? <laughs> you know, and taking it captive. And then I think, and this kind of um, goes along with it, and choosing instead to, no, 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 I'm going to think about what is honorable, what is just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise, and I'm going to think about these things. And so just, I don't know, there, I, I guess I'm just, I am uh, somewhat captivated in this last section about the intentionality, I guess, that Paul calls for. I I, I think for myself, um, and this is totally just for me, I'm way too quick to think that I should just be able to put it on autopilot and the Lord in his sovereignty should just let me live in peace without any <laughs> without any intentionality on my part. I Does think that make sense? one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, reading this, I, I the one verse that really has stuck out to me because um, just reading Paul's exhortation is really in verse nine, and I I just here recently it says the things you've learned, received, and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and yeah. the God of peace will be with you. I have to practice, and that is that's hard because we'll be put in situations yeah. and circumstances to practice, yes. and that is yeah. the key to be able to. To have a gentle spirit, to rejoice, not be anxious, yeah. and to dwell on those things. He wants us, we heard all these things, we've seen it, now we need to practice yeah. it. No, that's really good. I'm thinking too, like, so just, uh, you know, at Mercy Hill this month, we're doing just on a Sunday morning, talking about doing this little series on discipleship and just talking about how disciples learn. And how a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus puts us in real life situations where we're going to have to take his word with us into those situations and actually live it out and that he and that he never stops doing this it's not like discipleship happens for an hour on sunday morning or when we're doing this podcast or when we're doing small church or when we're doing you know young adult bible study or women's bible study or men's bible study it's all the time jesus is discipling us and he's always giving us opportunity to practice these things right and like our if i can just real quick our like uh We've got four boys, and and Finn, our thirteen year old, you know, he's got two older brothers, and he will sometimes, um, Finn, Finn, his whole life is just because he's got two older brothers. He's constantly been playing up with the, with the older boys, and uh, and he's pretty decent at like soccer and stuff like that. Well, it's part of it is because he was just constantly getting beat up on, <laughs> you know what I mean? By by like he's been playing with the older kids, and but there's also been times where he's been like, oh, Dad, I'm not gonna go, you know, like I. They're barely going to pass the ball to me, and I can't, you know, I can't compete with those guys. But it's always like, yeah, but buddy, this is how you get better, and you know that, and and so just embracing that. But I, and again, it's not, an, it's not a perfect analogy, but it's like the Lord is constantly bringing these things into our lives. Where I like we said, okay, Lord, I'm going to practice what you're, right. what you're telling well, me. Here. I'm going to be a disciple, and, and try that's to lean kind into of the stuff. promise: yeah. practicing things, and the God of peace will be with you. Yes. If we want peace, yeah. That's how we get it, by continually practicing it. Yeah, because we look at Paul's life, and you're like, how did he do this? Like, how did he how did he rejoice when he was sitting in prison? Because he had learned in every situation how to be content 
um, and he had learned how to uh, do these things, which again, yeah, puts a perfect uh, kind of ribbon on the whole thing. Practice these things in the God of, or I'm sorry, verse nine. What you've learned and received and heard, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things. So, modeling, I think it. I think it. it's kind of goes with what your Finn said. You know what? There are times where I just don't want to we practice. Just don't want, want to, to practice yeah. anymore. <laughs> yep. It's too hard. Yeah. I'm weary of it. Yeah. And I think we just need to acknowledge that and allow the body to come around yes. us to encourage us to continue. When yeah. just like you did, Finn, you know that's how you get better. Yeah. We need to tell that to each other. Yep. That's how you get more mature in Christ. Yeah, amen. No, I think uh no, that's awesome. I think that's kind of a good a good place to uh land the plane. Any other closing thoughts? Going once, going twice. Sold. All right. Well, we we uh, we thank you for listening, and we hope that this podcast is has been helpful. And we we also just want to say that, like, um, uh, as you've listened to this, and as we've talked a lot today about application, I think to to just take a minute, maybe uh, after you turn this off, and maybe just take a minute, listener, and actually make a list if you have to, or just um, whatever comes to mind, but. As you, as you turn this podcast off in just a second, take a second and actually thank the Lord for what he's doing in your life and what he has done and take the time to actually say the words out loud. But we hope that this has encouraged you and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.